we are the future. So listen close. This is I Escape signing on. AOK is a podcast filled with wonder and venture towards a blissful freedom of escapism. So whoever and wherever you are out there, welcome. Let this be one to remember. Let this venture be AOK. What's up? AOK Radio signing on, and you know what time it is. It's time for that Mwah! beautiful, beautiful melody of memory review. So, I'm going to talk about a couple of things in this episode, talking about that, the ending cinematic, and also a couple of things regarding just some questions I would love and honestly hope to see addressed slash answered in the next title, which is supposed to be, I believe, Kingdom Hearts 4, and go from there, honestly. And hopefully these answers are also from the uh, Gacha mobile games, too, which I really hope the Gacha games, uh, the stories for those get made into like a back cover style movie, if not like a remaster game, which I would love to see remaster games for those because I'm not ever going to play those mobile games again, but the story is pretty awesome for both, uh, Unchained Key and Beck, or, yeah, excuse me, Unchained Key and Dark Road, especially since, I mean, dude, it's Dark Road, it's Xehanort's Origins, and Unchained Key, it's the ancient Keyblade wielders, what is not to love about that kind of stuff, especially since there are a lot of connections now to the, uh, current things that are happening, or have happened in Kingdom Hearts, so a lot of things are connecting like crazy right now. So many dots, like a kid with chicken pox, just connecting them. Oh, that was a weird example, but I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Okay. So let's kind of hop into the melody of memory review, just kind of talking about my overall um, thoughts about it. Uh, and I'll be honest, spoiler alert, I don't really have any dislikes with this game. Nothing uh, major, honestly. And I got the Switch version of it. I originally first talked about Melody of Memory a couple episodes ago, uh, talking about my first initial reaction and thoughts about it back when the first uh, trailer for it dropped. And at first, I was kind of thinking. Okay, yeah, this this makes sense, but I was more concerned about my boy Sora because he's kind of in limbo right now. He needs some help, and we're we're making a rhythm game to buy the time. Is is this something that Sora's playing while he's waiting for his friends to save him? What's going on here? What is there a story? So I was kind of just like thinking, ah, I like I like the direction we're going, but at the same time, we need to we need to help out Sora. So. Um, I was I was excited, but I wasn't necessarily super hyped until about that launch trailer came out and we saw the gameplay and stuff. Then I thought, okay, this is going to be fun. And I knew I was going to buy it because I haven't really missed a Kingdom Hearts um, game release since uh, 2. And I've been happy about that. You know, I, I trust Square with making pretty fun games, uh, interesting stories. And even with games like Calm and Recoded, you know, my least favored 
games of the series, there were still things to like about them. And that's, at the end of the day, you know, they were all still very fun experiences. They told interesting stories, uh, somewhat at least, for some of them. <laughs> like, recoded to me, just... I like the gameplay. I don't really care for the story as much, but there we go. Um, but still an experience. I can't really complain that much. So, jumping into Melody of Memory, as I said before, I got the Switch version. And first off, starting off with that delicious, dearly beloved version where you have the the jazz. Um, yeah, you have the jazz version of it. Just when you think they can't do another dearly beloved they just throw another one at you like boom here you go and dude it's the version of dearly beloved i never knew i needed seriously and dearly beloved is such a simple song simple but so simple and clean it's just simple and clean see what i did there it's just such a simple song that can be remixed into so many other versions and that's a great thing because there hasn't been a single one I've, I have heard that I didn't like. And that's coming from official released versions to fan-made ones. Dude, there's always so many good ways you can go with this song. And of course, the game opens up with that beautiful, beautiful cover art of Kyrie sitting on her own throne. Uh, you know, the king to the queen. Or in this case, queen to the king thing with, uh, you know, Sora having his own throne and Kyrie having hers. It's just delectable. Namura, Namira, Namura. I always pronounce his name wrong. Just knocking out of the park with, with just another beautiful cover art. And going into the game, uh, going from the overall layout, uh, the visuals of everything is great. It feels like a Kingdom Hearts game. Um, the whole engine, even it was a little weird going back to the uh, older engine. Um, you know, pre Kingdom Hearts three, kind of like the, uh, it, it gave you that DDD uh, Kingdom Hearts two engine feel, which is fine. I mean, still great graphics, and you know the cinematics at the end had the kind of graphics we're used to now, the the Unreal Engine four thing. So it was fine, and that that kind of thing doesn't really bother me anyway. Plus, it, it gives me more of a nostalgic feeling, so that was really good. Um, the menus are really nice, very colorful. I like that the background changes. You know, it goes from Sora, Donald, and Goofy just talking in Traverse Town to showing the other teams that you can get the that you get the play as throughout the game, just interacting in their own kind of uh, HUD area, which is pretty cool. Is that the right here? Is that the right word? HUD area? I don't think that is, but you get what I mean in their own little corner of the Kingdom Hearts universe. And I do like that you can play as different teams. Uh, you get to go, you know, going from Sword on a Goofy to Axel, uh, Roxas, Shion, to the Wayfinder trio and uh, the Dream Eater trio. So that's pretty cool. I think my only complaint there is I kind of wish there was a bit of customization because I'm a sucker for that. Uh, from like something, you know, something small from accessories to palette swaps pilot swap excuse me to uh even having variations where you can play as you know kingdom hearts one sora or two sora um i understand not doing three because it's a different engine so it may not really mix too well in game i should say so i think that would have been really cool but i gotta admit i mean i haven't beaten the game completely i've beaten 
the road of it that gets you the um, ending content, the story that leads to the next game, which is only about 100 songs you need to clear out of like 150. So maybe there is another team that has Kyrie on it that I don't know about. I don't know, but I only have the four and the game kind of hinted at me that, hey, you've unlocked all four because I got like this um, achievement that's in it, which is pretty cool to see that even though it's the Switch version, you have achievements, in-game achievements that show you, oh, you've played this many songs or you've uh, used this item this many times, stuff like that. So that's really cool. Um yeah maybe there's a secret team i don't know about but if not i'm gonna be kind of bummed that there isn't a sora riku and Kyrie team that's that seems kind of like a no-brainer especially a kingdom Hearts 2 version of them so but you know it's not really a major gripe it's just kind of like yeah that would have been cool but either way the teams we did get are really cool um going from the story mode is really nice the world map is really well organized i remember on the anthem report podcast uh, feature that I had with Mike and Jason uh, featured on my podcast. They talked to me about how big the world map was, and dude, they weren't lying. <laughs> this thing is huge, but it, it, I mean, 150 songs, of course. Um, this game was definitely needed. Definitely. It, it's like Nomura said, it is a true celebration of the beautiful Kingdom Hearts music. And I think it was definitely the perfect time to introduce this game to the uh, community and I think it plays wonderful um, the visuals like I said are great um, going from what you're looking at um, in and outside of gameplay um, the way everything feels it just it's great and although I do I have to admit I, it's hard to tell if the game is just cheating me sometimes <laughs> or if my switch just doesn't like me um, but sometimes when I'm hitting some of the buttons and I'm trying to get it at the precise time, you know, not too soon, not too late. And it's like, oh, you miss. I'm like, dude, I hit it. What? <laughs> but like I said, it's probably just me. Um, there is one issue I ran into with the switch where I can't play it um, unless it's docked or if I have the Joy-Con separate. Because if I have the Joy-Cons on the switch itself... And, you know, playing it mobile like that, I'll get that pop-up menu that says, hey, we're, we notice you're trying to sync your Joy-Cons. And it just keeps coming up, coming up, coming up every time I hit the trigger buttons, whether it's just once or a couple times. And like I said, it doesn't come up at all when the Switch is docked or when I'm having the Joy-Cons separate. And it doesn't do that in any other game I play. So it's a little weird that it's doing that. I don't, But like I said, I don't know if it's just a hardware issue or maybe it's just a glitch with the switch version i have no idea but either way i'm not going to count it against the game i think that it still plays fun and like i said i can't really tell if it's the switch or the game so i can't really count that or knock that um the content is just great i feel like the songs overall are just mind-blowing i do love that you have the level up system you have this museum option where you can view um, all these things you unlock from postcards, you know, different screenshots from different parts of the game um, to being able to have Mickey feature on your team to help you out and even having guest uh, party mates come in. So you have like 
Simba come in for Lion King's world and Ariel for her world and etc. etc. One thing though, and like I said, I only have done about a hundred songs, but um, I haven't seen Jack appear. Actually, I haven't seen either Jack, Jack Skellington or Jack Sparrow, and I'm kind of like, what? I haven't seen any of the Pirates world worlds at all, and I thought I cleared two and three, so I don't know, but I still have to go through the other 50, so maybe they're just organized in a different fashion, I don't know. Uh, the difficulty varies, which is really cool, I do like how, um, whether you're playing on beginner, standard, or proud, each song difficulty varies even among those three levels so yeah <laughs> but I, I will tell you 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 definitely are going to feel like you're pr playing proud mode on most of those songs <laughs> and it's it's a doozy um also too i i do appreciate that each song has these three um different uh challenges you have to hit and that is how you get more stars to unlock new roadmaps to get to other worlds, which is really cool. Um, I think they made them pretty achievable. I mean, the, for the first run through, I was able to unlock the majority of them. Some of them you have to play on different difficulties and stuff, so they, they vary quite a bit. So that, that's really refreshing. I think it adds um, a pretty decent replayability to it. And... Uh, like I was saying before, I really don't have much to say negatively about the game. I haven't played online yet, but I'm sure it's going to be fun. Um, playing Even playing against computer is fun. I, uh, my one complaint there, too, is I kind of wish you could see, like, the character, characters doing it. Or e I, I get that, for instance, you have um, certain characters, like, you, get, you go up against, um, I think... They're just random characters, and you know there, there's there's only the four teams that are in the game. I, I kind of would have liked seeing like them in the background, and they're trying to you know they're on a similar roadmap you are, and you know seeing it that way I think would have been kind of fun instead of just seeing like their picture and then their numbers, and the announcer kind of telling you, oh no, you're behind or forward. Like I do like that, but I think that would have been a nice little aesthetic to add, but. Not really a major thing. And um, I haven't unlocked the museum part yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing all the different things you unlock. And I do appreciate the recap, too, with uh, Kyrie kind of narrating um, the story so far. And one thing, though, it's kind of weird that the world map is kind of... An, uh, it's kind of out of order, so... For instance, Birth by Sleep is like one of the last sections you do. It's right next to DDD, and then um, you have the section that's Kyrie's story. And then, I like I said, I don't know what the other 50 ones are. They, they kind of branch off, but I don't know. I, it's a little weird, but either way, I think it was, I think it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's honestly my review of Melody of Memory. I, I think it's great. The songs they chose are pretty phenomenal, and I do like that there are different modes you can do. There's the story mode, and then there's the just the free play mode, where you can play the standard mode, where you're kind of just running on this road map, um, fighting the enemies that correlate with the world that you're playing, whether it's the Heartless, the Nobodies, uh, Dream Eaters, etc., 
or you can play it where you're kind of gliding on this uh, note track that's kind of like the roadmap there too but it's a different it's a variant um, version of the button combinations so it's like a, just a different mode altogether so it's really cool how they did that you know they add more um, challenge to these games because it's kind of on a similar form that the um, boss fights are where the boss fights you have these different combinations of buttons that you have to press and it's definitely a different kind of difficulty because you have to hit the buttons in different ways and you have to like add in the analog stick like going left or right up and down and stuff so it's it's really cool I think one issue too is I kind of wish there were more boss fights. There's only like three, maybe more once I clear the other fights, but I kind of wish there was more like having, um, but like I said, I'm not really going to make this a major complaint because I haven't really completed the game yet. So uh, some of this stuff might actually be in the game. Um, it would have been nice having like a dark side fight or a twilight thorn, you know, things like that. But it, it was nice being able to fight against, um, Ansem, Zemnis, and Xehanort, and I love that the hype that you get wanting to fight these guys and having the items to help you out and having Mickey and so forth, it feels great. You still have this hype behind it that I almost kind of had with the original fights, so that was pretty cool. Um, I think that is it. I know I keep saying that, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all I wanted to say. I think it's just a phenomenal game. I think it's honestly worth the full uh, retail price. Um, but I do understand why some people wouldn't want to buy it at that price. But yeah, I think it's worth it. Even with me not having completed the game yet, I think it's a, definitely a great experience. And I, and I look forward to playing online and um, couch co-op and so forth in the future. I think this game is, this was the perfect time to release it. All right, so for those who may not know about the ending to Melody of Memory, um, this is the spoiler part of it. So um, if you don't want to know about it, this is the time to come back after you find out about the ending or um, watch it on YouTube if you don't have the game or whatever. But because I'm not really going to explain it, I'm not I'm not going to really give it as much justice as watching the actual video of it would be so just to let you know so this kind of goes off of um it's pretty much a continuation of how remind ended with riku having dreams of sora in this city with tall buildings and while he's trying to figure things out um the other characters the other trios are off going to find Sora spread across the worlds and so forth. And Kyrie um, goes into a slumber so the scientists like Ansem the Wise and Vexen can kind of search her heart to find out if there are any clues to finding Sora because this sort of thing has happened and has worked in the past. Every heart is linked, so you find, you help, you, you know, take the two people, the two closest to Sora, Riku and Kairi, and you're probably going to find Sora if he's, you know, still alive. <laughs> so, um, it made sense. But man, Kairi being asleep for like a whole year, at least I think she was. I, I could be wrong, but wow. Because 
if I remember correctly, Remind, Remind's ending was like a, a year, like they did something and then it flashed forward to like a year later. So, wow. Um, so I, I really liked how they handled this whole thing. But I gotta admit, uh, some of the exposition sometimes I'm like, bro, you guys are just expanding and expanding. And sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> why can't it just be simple and clean sometimes? Oh, I did it again. Okay, so Kyrie faces off against a memory version of Zaynor, and dude, this was awesome. Um, I'm really glad to see that they're starting to put more respect on Kyrie's name because Kingdom Hearts 3 wasn't really too kind to Kyrie in that regard. She kind of fell in that damsel of distress, in distress sort of fashion again, which was not really too good. And I know it upset a lot of people in the community, myself included, because we all know Kyrie's capable of much more. But um, it still kind of baffles me. Like, why was he in... I mean, I get... Kyrie and Axel being trained by um, Merlin to a degree because, you know, he's a magician. He can, he took them to a place that exists, you know, where time kind of stands still, kind of like a hyperbolic time tramp uh, chamber, like in DBZ. But if these guys are, you know, you, you don't really want to, to me, it kind of seems like, you know, they're, you, you are grabbing a, archer you're you, you grabbed an archer to teach a swordsman how to fight that's what it kind of seems like to me don't get me wrong i'm sure merlin did teach them some cool things but it's like yin said you were a former keyblade master why aren't you teaching them how to use their keyblade and then the other things can follow suit later on like the major thing they should be learning right now is the fundamentals which i'm sure merlin taught them to a degree but you know, wielding your keyblade properly, proper form and all that, and so forth. I'm sure Yensei could have taught them the fundamentals in that because you kind of need the fundamentals in general to do that sort of stuff with any type of fighting. But that's just me. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Yensei, you kind of dropped the ball there. That's kind of why they both got bodied really early on. <laughs> but either way. um, But yeah, uh, I think that... This is a step in the right direction for Kyrie. The whole fight scene with Kyrie and um, Zaynor was really fun. And even though it was clear she wasn't going to win, she held up her own really well. And it was nice that even Zaynor commended her growth and that Yin said was, you know, doing pretty decent. And I got to say this Dark Road, I'm not playing your game, but you better have Zayn, you better have Yin said in there and show his past because. Dude, I'm tired of just seeing this guy just sitting in a chair. I know he threw hands a little bit in three, but dude, we need more of that. We need, I want to see what young Yen Sid looks like. Dude, what would Yen, what would young Yen Sid even look like? I'd imagine he's like Morgan Freeman where he was just he was just born looking that way. I don't know why. I can't I I and it's funny cuz I've seen a young picture of Morgan Freeman. And, but it's just funny making that joke. But I'm like, what would a young Yensit look like? Because all I can see is those creepy, really small pupil eyes on like a young Brad Pitt body. I don't know why I said Brad Pitt, but I just, I meant, 
I can see it now. Ian Sid being like a Brad Pitt when he was younger. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I want to see that now. Brad Pitt with Ian Sid's eyes. Oh, God, that's creepy. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really fun. And it was great how they handled that because it was the last piece that it was the last piece that Kyrie needed to get to in her memory and it was based off of something that um Zaynort had said in his um in his hollow bastion days his radiant garden days i mean that triggered it and it was really cool because after their fight he kind of like old zemnis Zemnus, bleh. Old Zaynord flashes between Zemnus, Ansem, and uh, Ansem with the brown shroud, which was pretty cool. I really liked the way they handled this scene. And I can't say this enough. Christopher Lloyd as Zaynord is so good. I love Leonard Nimoy, but Christopher Lloyd is such an awesome voice actor for Zaynord as well. Such, such a good voice actor. Um, But yeah, I'm just, I just love Christopher Lloyd in general. He's, he's my he's my man. I just ugh, so good. Um he's one actor I would love to meet. He's I, I've met plenty in my days, in my Comic Con days, but I haven't he's one I have not met yet, and I have a feeling I'm not going to get that chance before he dies, because I know he's up there in age, but we'll see. I should not sound that pessimistic. <laughs> but man, twenty twenty's taken a lot of people, man. It really is, and we're not done yet. We're not we're not out of the frying pan just yet. Anyway, um, what was I getting at? <laughs> Going from that, just talking about how cool it was seeing the scene play out was really cool, and just seeing Kyrie just owning the battlefield pretty much. I mean, Zaynor grabbed her keyblade multiple times, but she was like, "No, no, I know what to do." Like summoning it in a different. Um, in a different way and slashing at him and just flying all over the map like yes where was this Kyrie? <laughs> but I mean she did she she was super fun to play as in Remind so I can't complain and going from that we see a great scene I loved this scene of Xehanort, um taking Kyrie into that facility, that little facility that we see originally in the OG Kingdom Hearts. And, dude, it's so great to see this little facility um, come full circle. Because I, I remember seeing that little, those three capsules and that just little lab in Kingdom Hearts. One thing you do, this is so metal. I, I just love this thing. I want to know more about it. And finally, you know, 15... <laughs> Freaking years later, we finally uh, know more about it. So that was great. And, I mean, overall, it just looks so good, too, in, in these graphics. So, Xehanort mentions the line that um, this younger Xehanort says to Kyrie as a kid when she was, like, um, what was it? She was, like, five, I guess, at the time, because this was, like, because Radiant Garden fell shortly after BBS. So, yeah, roughly like nine or ten years before Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah, something like that. So, 
I don't remember exactly what he said, but uh, it was along the lines of Zemnis, yeah, Zaynor, excuse me, uh, or Terranort, I should say. Terranort sent Kyrie. From what he was saying, he sent her to find someone with a Keyblade because the Keyblade is the only thing that's going to save Radiant Garden from what's going on right now. I messed up, and I need to I need to make this right. But you'll be safe. But if you end up in some place that's not where you were meant to be, <laughs> then we have to come up with a new plan or something like that. Like I said, I'm not going to do this scene justice. It's better off to either look up the video on YouTube or play the game and see it yourself that way. But, yeah, I mean, it was interesting seeing it that way because I remember um, hearing the review of it, too, on the Answer Report podcast, and they were talking about how this part didn't necessarily make sense, and I can understand what they mean by that because if this is Xehanort's when he regained his memories, it doesn't necessarily make sense because why would he care about what happens to Radiant Garden? You know, Xehanort really only cares about the Keyblade War at this point and, you know, having all the vessels, so it doesn't really matter. But if this is Xehanort before he gets his memories and, you know, is still doing those experiments, not really knowing what's going on, you know, is still fascinated with how the heart works then it makes sense because he cares but at the same time doesn't because he's from the reports we saw he was pretty much just legitimately just killing people and experimenting with their hearts i mean it, it, the reports are pretty dark <laughs> he, he was he was doing a lot of messed up stuff and it, it it's a little confusing too because he's calmly walking He's calmly walking to Kairi while there's shadows behind him and they're not attacking him. And they're, you know, they're pure-blooded. It wouldn't make more sense if they were artificial arrows and they're not attacking him. But I don't know. It's a little, the whole scene is a little fishy. But me personally, I, I kind of think it's Xehanort before he regains his memories of who he truly is. Before he bodies uh, Brig and the other people, turning them into nobodies and, you know, doing the same to himself later on forming Organization 13 as Xemnas and Anson Seeker of Darkness doing his own thing as a heartless, all that spiel. Man, what a story. <laughs> this is quite, Kingdom Wars is quite an experience. Um, there was something I thought of today with uh, the Cloudy McDoom uh, Twitch streaming. He... <laughs> He's been doing a marathon. I um, I mentioned this in my previous podcast too, but he's been doing a marathon, and he's finally going to be starting Kingdom Hearts three. Um, he's actually going to probably going to be starting it before I post this because I post these episodes on every Sunday, and um, he's going to be starting the th uh, third game on uh, tomorrow, which is going to be Friday. So, but I was thinking of this idea of whenever we're confused. When it comes to something Kingdom Hearts, you just plainly say, man, I am so Nomura'd right now. You know, as an example, Nomura just means I'm so confused <laughs> because it's Nomura behind the wheel riding. He's a genius, but man, he just loves to make things super convoluted. <laughs> and, yet, and yet we love him for it. But at the same time, dude, 
dude, dude, resolution. <laughs> so, um, I really do love how they brought in the fairy, fairy uh, godmother into this because we haven't really seen much of her in the games. We, we see her a little bit in one, uh, a little bit in BBS, but she never really played a super big role. I mean, in one, she played her biggest role, I would say, as far as the Kingdom Hearts crew grow goes, as far as um that, you know, giving Sora all those summons, which was honestly pretty important, because the summons didn't really, you know, you, you could beat the game without the summons, but it made the games more fun for me, honestly. I know plenty of people who don't really use the summons, but I always enjoy the summons in each game. Not all of them, but a decent amount of them. <laughs> Enough to, to care about whether or not they uh, would be in the game or not. And, you know, I always was like, yeah, I look forward to seeing what summons we're going to get. So when they all connect and they start talking about uh, when Kyrie eventually wakes up getting this memory back um she talks to Ansem the Wise and Vex and uh, or wait what's his actual name is Evan Evan and the other scientist I can't remember his name but um you know, talking to them about what she learned and Ansem the Wise starts to piece together this idea of this whole other world this whole other realm, and I'm like, oh no, another one, <laughs> does that mean we're going to be fighting another type of enemy, like, are we going to get this new fictional type of enemy, I don't know, I mean, it would be kind of cool, I always love seeing these different enemies, but, you know, I am kind of, uh, what's it called, I, I kind of am favoriting the Heartless over the majority of them, even though the Nobodies are a close second, but, Either way, I love all the different enemy types. But, yeah, they were talking about this fictional world that um, it's revealed that Sora is most likely at. And once Riku and Kairi are reunited, um, they start to talk about their ideas. And I thought, oh, snap. So this is where they start to piece together that he must be, that Sora must be in this fictional world. This, this weird city with tall buildings that no one really has an idea of what it is and this was an idea that started popping in my head thinking okay so when they mean fictional world do they mean something along the lines of like Winnie the Pooh because when you, when you think something fictional it's something of a documentation some kind of story of a book you know something along those lines that's usually typically what is associated with fiction um, something fabricated per se and I mean that's what Winnie the Pooh is he's not your typical world that you can just take a gummy ship to it's a book you open up and venture into via the pages and then I thought well there's that and there's the Verum Rex world which makes the most sense because there's still connections to be made with the Verum Rex uh, story that we haven't really touched upon yet, so it, it makes the most sense that that's what the connection's going to be, um, especially with what Yazora was talking about and the uh, little lady that um, the fairy, fairy godmother took them to, that took uh, Riku and Kairi to, that has that connection to Sora and uh, the fairy godmother and the others kind of deduced that she is the key to kind of finding 
not only finding where Sora is, but also getting her body back because she was in the final world. Which is kind of crazy to think of, that the final world is kind of like a limbo of sorts, which is very scary because they just exist as these stars. And it's like, that's a sad, that's a really sad, um, a sad, what's it called? A sad way to live. I'll just say a sad existence. There we go. But my thoughts on this little lady, um, I'm thinking that she's probably the person Yazora is looking for. And I'm guessing is probably the person Yazora was um, told to save. Or, excuse me, I said that wrong. I'm thinking that she is the person who told Yazora um, to save Sora. I'm thinking that she's probably the one who said that. And I'm just, because I'm thinking that in the Verum Rex world, we see Yazora kind of trying to desperately save this lady. And who do we talk to in the final world? A lady. I'm just making connections here. It's just a theory. A game theory. Sorry. I can't say theory without referencing the game theorists. Um, and I can't get too loud. It's pretty late right now. But I think that is my overall theory so far. I think that is what's going to connect um, this to Yuzora. Because I don't necessarily think Quadratum is going to be... Yazora's world, but I'm, well, you know what, no, no, bump, bump that, I'm gonna go on a limb and just say Quadratum is Yazora and, um, the lady's world, and I'm kind of wondering what really is the deal with Yazora, because it's clear that it's probably meant to be Noctis, but Yazora is kind of an a alias, a, a different side of Noctis, and I'm guessing that probably is what it is too, is when you go to Quadratum, you maybe take on this fictional form of yourself, and that's why, but at the same time, why would Yazora kind of keep that form though? Maybe it's a side effect of visiting Quadratum, or what have you, I don't know, but I'm very curious what this whole fictional thing is because if you think about Verum Rex, I mean, it's a video game, it's digital, and what else do we think of as digital? I mean, Anthem the Wise said that digital exists with us, yeah, it's its own realm, but the way he said fictional was kind of relaying it being the other side of the coin. So I don't know how this really falls into place, but. Either way, I was a really, I was a really big fan of this ending uh, to the game, and I think it was a really good. Uh, it it kind of gave you just enough to kind of wet your palate for what's to come next, but at the same time, it just keeps you wanting more, which is the way to do it. Unfortunately, and and fortunately, this it's the pro and con of storytelling, I should say. That's what you want to do. You want to keep the reader wanting. You you want to keep the fan, I should say, regardless of medium. You want to keep them wanting more, but give them enough to stay interested. And of course I do, because, you know, they're introducing this whole new world, a brand new place I never knew. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they're bringing in more characters, and it's just, 
yeah, but I, it's it kind of worries me because the more characters they bring in, I mean, they're not necessarily new new characters, I don't think, because like I said, I think the Quadratum uh, girl is the person Yazura was trying to save in Verum Rex, so yeah, she's new, but not like new as in this game new, so I think I'm going to leave it at that. Um, overall, yeah, I think this is going to be really cool. I'm like I said, I'm really glad they did more with the Fairly Godmother. Um, I really do hope in future games we kind of return back to more of a Disney side of things, but also keep that Final Fantasy mix going on too. Mix it a little bit more than what one and two did, but make sure not to lose yourself in. Um, telling an original story and not kind of over-focusing on the one or the other, kind of like what they kind of did with Frozen and Tangled, where the worlds kind of suffered because they wanted to tell the story, or kind of retell the story, but at a loss because it was from Sora's perspective, so you weren't able to tell the story, and it's completion and it kind of just fell short but uh that's a story better left for my kingdom arts rewritten and my other kingdom arts three style uh episodes but i did enjoy frozen and tangle but i feel the story just was lackluster because it wasn't the original story in regards to they skipped a lot of things because like i said it wasn't from Sora's perspective so yeah, if you watch the movie, you understand it, but it just just didn't feel the same. The much stronger stories were Toy Story and Monsters, Inc., because they were original stories, but that's just my thought. So I asked a couple people in um, the Cloudy McDoom Discord uh, just to kind of get some ideas of what others would like to see kind of happen in the next Continu- well, in the continuation, I should say, of Kingdom Hearts, uh, namely four. Um, one of them was definitely Kyrie getting good. <laughs> um, it was great to see that Kyrie is she officially volunteered from uh, she officially volunteered to train with Aqua, and I'm just like, yes, yes, this is gonna be really dope. Um, and Yinsei was like, yeah, that's awesome. Good. <laughs> I, I bet Yinsei was probably just like, yes, one, one less thing for me to worry about. Give that to Aqua. Um, I think that's a really good idea because I think that can introduce some new g- gameplay mechanics. I would, that's one thing I would love to see in the next game is to have some, uh, gameplay of Kyrie uh, training with Aqua. That would be really, really fun because I, it's going to be such a letdown if this new game doesn't have any Kyrie gameplay. Because Remind was so dope. Just for the fact of what all we were able to do in that game. And play, being able to play as Kyrie finally was such a breath of fresh air. So that would be really great to see. Um, having some more story resolutions would be amazing. You know, finally knowing what's in the box. Um, the, who the master of masters is, uh, all of that honestly, and the foretellers. What are they doing? Um, what's Lu Xu's role? I really hope this is the the 
the main thing of Kingdom Hearts 4. And I, I kind of hope they start to lean away from the whole, hey, I'm going to appear, monologue in front of Sora, and then disappear thing, because that is just annoying. I, I really don't like that type of storytelling. And I feel that these characters, now that, now that we're not really dealing with necessarily evil as evil characters anymore like the foretellers i i don't i think they're going to be the antagonist but i don't think they're going to be the traditional antagonist where it's like yes darkness darkness because they were trying to fight the darkness in their time so well i don't while i don't necessarily trust lushu lushu or the master of masters i don't feel like the foretellers are going to be your traditional bad guys but i feel like they are going to be antagonists in the next game because i think they're going to view something wrong with Sora and want to uh fight him I just or fight the protagonist I don't think like I don't feel like they're going to be protagonists at all and I feel like there's going to be something with Azora but I I definitely would like to see something involving Azora um but that kind of worries me because I'm like that's a lot of story to fit into one game. And if we want to, like, look what happened to the Final Fantasy characters. They were cut because um, Nomura wanted to focus on all the other characters. But even then, we still didn't really get the development and character focus that we really thought we were going to get, unfortunately. Because it was mainly focusing on Sora just kind of going through all the worlds and while that was still fun and enjoyable in general the storytelling unfortunately lacked for such a great sacrifice of having the final fantasy characters that we know and love so i'm hoping that the same mistake isn't uh, made again where they kind of focus too much on a character or focus too much on some kind of element and end up sacrificing uh, proper character development uh, for it. So that's one thing I'm I'm really really hoping for, and um, I don't I'm not sure how much Yuzora is going to. Ha I'm not sure how big his story is. Something tells me it is going to be big, but. I have a feeling that the foreteller story is going to kind of expand past this first game. I feel like Yuzora is going to be four, and the foretellers are going to be like kind of teased in four and kind of go into like the next couple games. I feel like that's going to be a new saga of sorts, but I, I would like to see what's in the box. I'm kind of tired of waiting what's in there. <laughs> um trying to think what else is there like i said before too i really would love to see judge doom and king candy i want to see their worlds come in but i, I would love to see more disney villain pres presence and i want to see more of maleficent and pete i want them to do more than what they did in three what they did in three i'm just like wow they were just really cameos but i mean i get it and I want to be able to see this, the final pieces of um, Lorium's story and I forgot Larkseen's original name, but I really hope we haven't seen the last of them. I, I really would like to see 
their story conclude. I really hope that's not their conclusion. Um, because I feel like, I mean, I, at the same time, it, it would be kind of okay because Lorian's happy. He has his memories back and stuff. And after we see the finale with Unchained, I'm sure it'll come full circle. Um, and with Luxord, I'm pretty convinced he is the driver who was, um, in the car with Yazora in that ending. So I'm sure there's more to him that's going to be explained. And who else is there? Everyone else was just Ansem or Zemnis, so we won't really be seeing them again. Uh, Isa. Oh, yeah, there's still the Isa and Lee story with that girl in Hollow Bastion. So I know a lot of people were thinking that's Scold. Um, I'm hoping they finally find who that girl is. And I want to figure out what the connection is with Ethemer and them. Like, why did he randomly appear in three at the graveyard and say, Hey, Sora, looks like you could use some hand. Here's a thousand keyblades and more. <laughs> um, so I would like to see more of that. But like, uh, I, I feel like Unchained Key is hopefully going to answer a lot of this stuff. But I, I would really like to see... Unchained Key and uh, Dark Road be converted into back cover like movies that we can just watch like that for, for the future because I think that would be amazing and I feel like it would be such a disservice if they didn't because the stories in those two games are so great and having them on mobile games is just so whack and it's just those games are just cash grabs so I feel like it's just the best way to go is have those on movies and go from there but yeah i mean even if with lurium and lark scene even if their story was just one world i would love to see um what they do afterwards because you know them and demix they have a past they were all keyblade wielders so it really makes me wonder what they they had they must have something else with them because there just seems to be so there just there seems to be such a build up that we have yet to see. So I'm really hoping that their story isn't done yet. And yes, I'm one of those people that thinks Demix is the master of masters. Don't at me. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not really pushing it a hundred percent. It's only like a quarter of me that kind of suspects he's the master of masters. But. The other me just thinks the Master of Masters is someone we know because why else would you blank out his name when he says it in Remind if we, if he wasn't someone we already knew? That's just my thought process. But I, don't, I only said a quarter of me thinks Demix is the Master. I don't think he is 100%. I just like to think it's possibly him. And I think having a decent focus of Disney villains and just Disney again would be really good, but I really would like for them to go in more of the original uh, story standpoint again. Like some worlds, I would love to see the story retold. Like I would love to see um, how Rick and Ralph would play out, but I really hope they wouldn't stray too much from it where it, suffers where it kind of takes away i really hope they kind of focus on the stories and don't kind of mess them up if that makes sense because 
Frozen story, like I said, and Tangled story, even Pirates story was a little messy. So I really hope they try to either do a story that is original or just do just pay more attention to the source material and add the Kingdom Hearts flair that makes everything so special. And I think there was more I wanted to say, but I can't think what it was. I know customization, bringing back the accessories and stuff was on one of them, but I mentioned that earlier. Um, finally having a game where we play as Kairi, Sora, and Riku in one team would be great. And since we've added the ability to have five party members, I mean, we can still have Donald and Goofy in there too, which would be phenomenal. Because, I mean... Every time I don't have Donald and Goofy on my team, in some regard, I feel kind of empty inside. But that's just me. Uh, but yeah, I, I really do hope that a lot of these stories get resolutions. I, I hope, I, I really hope there isn't much that's left open to interpretation. I, I really would, would hate to see certain characters not get a uh, complete resolution. I'm not sure what kind of story some of these characters could tell because I don't know how Unchained ends and I mean it's I know it's coming to an end soon so we'll finally know for instance why Vin is in this current time like uh, Lurium and the other guys are but it's like what else would they do once they figure out like how they ended up here but my thing is if Lurium remembers everything why was he so happy it must not have all been bad if he remembered everything. and But I guess it was just him being happy that he remembers in general. And just the bliss of, oh, yeah, I remember now. And I, I maybe he would uh, maybe vent afterwards or come to terms with it afterwards completely. Because maybe not everything rushed to him at once. I don't know. But being able to play as them would be really cool because their Keyblades... Actually, I don't know what Larsene's Keyblade looks like or even Demix's, but... But yeah, I mean, there's always going to be Kingdom Hearts content to talk about, so I'll think up more in the future and kind of go from there. But I would really like to hear what you guys think, too, because I know there's always something interesting to talk about regarding this stuff. And... Let's see. I'm actually looking up the notes I looked up before, too. So I'm making sure I don't forget anything. Okay, here we go. I'm glad I looked it up because I did forget some stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, seeing their true selves of Luxord, uh, Malarxia, Larxine, uh, Demix, seeing all of them. But even if it was like on a 0 0.2 scale, that would be just phenomenal. It'd be worth it. Um, and I, I, I especially want to know what Marluxia, what, what he came, or Lurium, excuse me, what he came to terms with, or, or I keep saying Marluxia, I'm sorry, Marluxia, I'm, I, I've gotten so used to saying Marluxia, Marluxia throughout the years, I forgot that his actual pronunciation is Marluxia, so I'm sorry for those whose ears I was hurting with that, <laughs> but, um, I know his sister is dead, but I would like to see um, how he came to terms with that and how um, Larxene connects to him. But, yeah, just seeing how they feel with each other after 
knowing what has happened from then to now. And I don't remember if I mentioned this one before, but seeing Goofy's son, Max, and Pete's son, uh, I think it's PJ? Uh, it's probably Peter Jr. or Pete Jr. I think that would be so awesome. And even seeing like Mortimer, <laughs> does anyone remember Mortimer Mouse? I think he was mainly in House of Mouse. But um, just imagine the stories they could bring, like especially with PJ. I, I mean, I honestly think it's only a matter of time before at least Max makes an appearance, especially since he's gaining some popularity again in um the DuckTales cartoon. Um, because I know, I know they're not really interested in using the animated cartoons, uh, those stories, but I mean, dude, so much potential, so much potential, um, but I mean, hey, Goofy Movie is a movie, so they could bring Max in, and wait, and yeah, and, and PJ, because he was in there too, because I'm, I'm pretty sure they originated in Goof Troop, and then the movies came, or vice versa, either way, there's two versions of them but i know goof troop had younger versions of them so i don't know maybe goof troop did come first i don't know so, uh, what else do we got here so I, I just feel like it'd be a wasted opportunity especially if they want to keep finding those nice unique disney flares that really made kingdom Hearts so special and the reoccur the reoccurring inclusion of yen Sid and the surprising use of the Fairly Godmother in Melody of Memory was just, ah, what a treat. So I really do hope to see more of Yen Sid outside of his tower, though, in future installments. Like, I, it's kind of getting tiring just seeing him sit in his chair and just talk about the story. Like, it's, it is, like, you know when you see them in that tower, you know some information is about, you, you know some, uh... <laughs> I can't even say it. Um, you, you just know there's going to be some exposition happening. It's going to go down. And I, I just really, really, really like to see these characters. Um, just in, even with PJ alone, just dealing with the fact that, dude, my, my dad is kind of evil. And honestly, just seeing like, would, would PJ join Pete? And how would Max feel about it, you know, being his best friend? And even putting Roxanne in there. Like, I, I would love to see these guys, especially if they worked at Disney Castle. Like, if Max was part of the night, um, part of the Royal Guard, or if Roxanne worked at the castle, too. Like, I would just love to see these awesome things. Like, imagine if they were a team. You know, I'm not saying give them Keyblades or something, but, you know, give them just give them some relevance that would make them important to some element of the plot so yeah that's all i got i just really like to see max because i feel like those characters kind of deserve more and it was great seeing them in goof troop it was great seeing them in house of mouse and it's great that ducktales is referencing them now and i know there's a bunch of different levels of canacity canon canonicity canonicity i think it's canonicity of um the Disney lore, like, there's a whole bunch of different universes, but I feel that they could just do whatever, so, there we go, hope you enjoyed this, uh, crazy all over the place discussion, but, yeah, that's kind of some of the things I really wanted to talk about, and a lot of things I really hope are discussed in the future, uh, games, 
and I do. I always like where Nomura. I always like what Nomura does, but yeah, we really got to work on answering more questions than bringing up more, more of them, because doing that all the time is going to be very tiring. <laughs> and as much as I love Kingdom Hearts three, it, it suffered from for that. And the, like I said, the, we got to get the character development back on track. So, all right. AOK Radio is signing off. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Later days.